0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with a returned survivor named Uma, and Uma is currently battling post-separation abuse from her narcissistic ex. It's a story of custody, fear, toxic parents, single moms, invisible abuse, and the broken system. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and with me today we have the return of Uma. How are you?
1: I'm all right. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. And if you want to be a guest on our show, like Uma is today and was in 2020, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com, top of the page. There's a button that says Guest Form. Click on that button. It takes you to our Guest Form page. Please read all of the instructions and then either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And today we are going to be talking to. Uma. And Uma was on our... uh Did I say 2020? You were in 2021. On uh, March 22nd, 2021, that episode was titled Uma and Fleeing the Physical Abuser. And... Uh, People should go, I'm going to leave the link to that episode in the show notes, so people should go and uh, listen to that episode uh, first, uh, I think, because this is going to be, you know, a continuation. And this isn't a normal follow-up, really. We're going to be talking at pretty good length here of a lot of stuff that has happened since uh, we recorded together. And you, you and I have kept in constant contact uh, throughout that time. And, you know, one of the biggest things I remember from the episode, I will never say it properly or remember properly. And I didn't write it down uh, when I should have, because I should be more prepared when doing the show, but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes I am not, but, you know, it, it was something along the lines of like, you're a Valkyrie, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> and, and you're, and you're kind of going to rise out of this. And for a, specific per- period of time, there was a, a, this hope that was happening and things were changing uh, with your situation. And all of a sudden, it was then kind of taken away and things got progressively worse from, from there. And talking to you often, I'm amazed at how you are still here Um, how you are still functional, how you have time to do anything and even time to do this to to talk to me. And when it comes to specifically uh, single moms out there who have to fight against someone who has money and who has funds that you don't have, and is fighting a system that is not working for you, and that is not just the court system and, uh, you know, the custody type of system, whatever's kind of going on there, but we're also talking about a system in place to provide uh, mental health um, stuff for you, stuff for your child, Uh, people answering phone calls and no one understanding your situation. And you do have a little help, but at the same time, that help is not helpful. Um, (laughs) And you, as people will hear more of, you know, you also don't have um, the best parents in the world. So they are helping, but at the same time, it's very difficult situation, so before we begin, just to give people a little bit of a catch-up if they don't remember you and haven't gone to listen to your previous episode, uh, Uma here was born in a small southern town, and where you're from, you get married and you honor your uh, husband, and the husband makes the decisions, and Uma wasn't someone that really subscribed To that. And, but that was still in part of her uh, programming. And eventually Uma went off to be a performer, singer, actor, and was doing these touring shows. And she was in her early 20s and she had just left college. And everyone thought that she couldn't go and uh, make it on her own, that she couldn't be an independent person but she went out and uh, she did it and eventually at an acting gig she met her ex-husband who ended up being her abuser he was a very charming talented person who was future faking and saying that they wanted a family that they were a family man and, uh, you know, they had a very quick wedding and as soon as the wedding occurred, things changed immediately after. There was rage, there was neglect, uh, belittling, uh, you know, there's screaming, insulting, there was berating going on, uh, intimate partner violence eventually did happen as well, financial abuse, isolation, and her ex just took everything out on her and eventually Uma had to uh, flee the state that she was in, and that was kind of where we were at the end of uh, the last episode. And what was kind of going on in her life at that time was they were about to be going into uh, custody. So that's kind of where things were were left off. So for this episode that you are about to hear with Uma. We will be talking a lot about feelings. Uma is just going to be a quote machine also as well. Uma has a dark sense of humor and is a laugher. So we will be going from, you know, laughing to some serious things back to, you know, laughing. And for a lot of you, you might not like that. Just know that I've known Uma now for two years and that we have an established relationship and we're comfortable with each other. So please try not to be offended uh, with how these things will be going back and forth from these very serious things to some light-hearted kind of stuff uh, pretty quickly. And that's just the nature of our relationship and meeting someone where they are. And Also a very big trigger warning in this episode. We do discuss physical abuse in this episode. We do discuss graphic uh, depictions of sexual abuse and sexual um, assault in in this episode. And as well as, how do I describe this? There will be a brief moment of, you know, when a a child is... um, Triggered by what might have happened previously uh, to them from the from the trauma, they might act out in a, a violent way that they might not understand what is going on. So there will be two moments within this episode where I will do a couple of shout-outs because they're very 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 sensitive moments. So you'll get these big trigger warnings to maybe skip ahead a couple of minutes uh, when we uh, get there. So. This really was a very difficult episode to do. There's not really a format like we were uh, doing on our regular Monday Survivor Story episodes. This one was—we winged this one, and um, so there's no real format kind of going on here. It's just kind of going through um, what Uma is actually dealing with, and she's just just a very articulate person and— can really put her her feelings into words like um, very few have on on this show and I think you will um, feel validated by who she is and uh, as well, if anyone is a therapist who's listening to the show and is in North Carolina, uh, hopefully um, you can help us out and give Uma some free therapy if you are listening because Uma needs some help. Being a single mom isn't easy And now I think with all of that out of the way, Uma, the floor is now yours.
1: Thanks for having me back, first up. And thank you for doing this period because listening to me tell my story of what happened to me has been vital. So (sighs) criminal court ended um, when I fled with my son. Uh, after my my ex-husband, which feels really good to say, got violent with me and around our son, not directly in front of, but around. Um, I had to go to criminal court in a separate state and criminal court and custody. Everybody told me during this process, they would say criminal doesn't affect custody. And I was like, "The fuck are you talking about it should. They were right. So criminal is something completely different from custody. So if anybody's going through this process, know that going in. Okay. Um, Criminal was like, yeah, he did that shit. And then custody is like, you guys got to get along. They wanted there to be FaceTime calls between my ex-husband and his son three times a week. And that's been going on, I think, two years now. Um. We were living without him for a while, and it was pretty amazing. It was, and then when the phone call call started, a lot of things started to to resurface for my son. Um, He has been violent with me. He has choked me, tried, um, uh, and other things. It's very confusing for a child, if you can imagine that's all, you know, then it makes a lot of sense. Just kind of like gassing off all of this toxicity. Um, I trust that child more than any living human being and I always will. So, um, I have sought therapy for him and myself and we have literally been ghosted by multiple therapists, which is an interesting experience in and of itself. Um, So my son was, you know, acting out in all these specific ways. And around that time, you know, an order of protection got broken that I had. It was a phone call. And the most frightening thing about it was that my ex only wanted to scare me so bad. He wanted to scare me so bad he was willing to lose custody of his son over it. That's the most terrifying thing.
0: So can you explain to everyone what scared you specifically to... Uh, people that may not have experienced uh, abuse, so they can understand that um, anything can can be scary when you have been in these uh, abusive situations.
1: He left a voicemail. So it's something small, okay? I'm going to be really clear. Man is the um, penal ultimate of a covert abuser. Okay. So when he called, he left a message. And at first it was just music playing in the background. And then he whispered something. He said, it doesn't make sense. And then hung up. He told his lawyer that it was a butt dial and he has a witness to it on and on and on. So that's what I mean by covert abuse. You see what I'm saying? There's this the persona and the persona gets away with a lot. He is a handsome, seemingly well put together, charismatic, charming white male. That goes real far. And if I played and when I would play, even to advocates, police police officers, it didn't matter. When I would play the voicemail message, they were not afraid. They did not feel intimidation. They did not feel anything. they were like, it's just voicemail, you know, which I'm sure was intended, you know. To make me look crazy as well that just adds to the high that my ex-husband would get from that kind of control or that kind of manipulation does that make any sense
0: you know this is what people will call invisible abuse in the sense that you can see it but no one else can and it is in plain sight for everyone to see but it's only you that are is the one that knows exactly what has happened
1: you know i've i've heard things like dog whistling but that what you said makes so much more sense to what i'm experiencing now and have been the whole time cuz it's more than just one word one one nickname one thing it is a pattern of behavior and now it is amped up it is just amped up constantly during these facetime calls um my ex-husband has my shit in the background of his house with his new wife, you know, things like that. Um, While he's on the phone with my son and his son, he is, you know, applied all of this to his new wife, who is his flying monkey and his new source. She has a lot of money and a lot of um, family money. So he'll say things like, is it dark where you are? I can't see you talking to my son when she's in the room listening so she could then be asked questions like, you know, does the mom make these phone calls difficult? Yeah, 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 right? If I have to see one more of my items in the background of their place, it's so frustrating. Um, But they're just things. They're just things.
0: But they're not just things. They're meant to intimidate you and scare you and possibly uh, trigger you into uh, reacting so it can be used against you.
1: That's why I have to make them just things. It's very important. It's very hard to stay clear and grounded, especially now. Now is a very special time in that way. So they have to be just things.
0: And something that you mentioned to me earlier in the year was that you have to be kind of in the, I think you have to be in the room for these calls uh, with him when I think a lot of people don't have to be in the same room as the call. And Nothing
1: you, is required. Okay. Nothing is required, but um, me there. And I will ask him, do you want me to go? Do you want to talk to your dad alone? And if he says yes, I go he says, no, I stay, you know, I, I want to give him that power as much as I can, because I will get confused. If that man puts on kindness, man, I've been in customer service my whole fucking life. I respond the same. It is so automatic, (laughs) you know, and keeping those boundaries straight when things are so close together, playing house with someone like this. It's very hard. So I try to give my son the most control of making those decisions. If he wants to get off the phone, if he doesn't want me in the room, if he does want me in the room, you know, some sort of it helps me keep track of things as well.
0: So, something that is new for you is that your ex has visitation rights. So, how is this going as it is a big fear for everyone who is in your situation?
1: So, now my ex has visitation rights. There were two psychological evaluations done on the man. And the first one said that he was dangerous, low risk, but a danger risk. And the second one was an evaluation of me, my relationship with my son, um, my ex, my ex's relationship with our son, and then a recommendation. And the recommendation was for um, court supervised visits, which since the beginning of this process, I have been like, I will agree to that. Uh, wholeheartedly, immediately, court-supervised visits. I've been through four lawyers through this process. So that lawyer in that state never, ever even wanted to explore it. And I didn't know enough at the time to get a new lawyer. And once I did, I got a new one. Um, and the recommendation said, yep, court-supervised visits. And I don't know how that man, my ex, got out of it, but he said he never got the email And they said, okay. (laughs) And now my son goes to visit his father in the bosom of his father's family. So it's not just, you know, my father, The what I'm assuming through all the things I survived is a narcissistic sociopath, because that's what fits the most. Um, Very sadistic tendencies, there you go. Um, Not only him, but his father and his father's wife. And my ex's new wife has got four people tearing that kid apart with future faking and everything like that. And there's an overnight in January and that's, that is going to be a very difficult time. <sighs> Custody is supposed to happen in February. And today was a very hard day. Because the lines... A sanity get blurred, not that you lose grip of anything. It's quite the opposite. You are keenly aware of how the abuser sees you and is using you. And you're keenly aware of how the abuser's source and flying monkeys and all the people they've employed to smear campaign, you see you and abuse you and are using you. You are very keenly aware of how the court system is doing the same thing. You are very keenly aware of all of these things and all of the underlined abuses that happen on a constant basis. You're so aware of it that knowing how powerful that is enough to dupe you for however long you were in it, of course, it's powerful enough to dupe anybody else. And it starts to seep in and you start to believe it again, that they're right. You start to think through their thought process again. And that was really hard today for me. To not be terrified because a mistake happened and how that person can use that in court against me and get seen as being right.
0: What was the mistake?
1: Uh, my ex bought these books. He buys these books. They're good books. And he wants to have a learning day. That's what he calls it um, with his son on on at the end of the week. And so they read these books together. It is also an avenue for that human being to control this child and abuse this child. My little boy will go to the library on Friday and he will pick a book in the library to read to his dad. And he's really proud to do it. And multiple times, his father has reacted with such disdain and called him names. Precursor to today, I got put in a corner through the shared app where we have. Back and forth, whatever the fuck, call it whatever the fuck you want. I don't know what to call it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this person, this ex of mine, my abuser, my son's abuser, literally is trying to push buttons, trying to bait me, trying to, you know, whatever he can do at this point. And of course, there's no back of a, what we're going through. Hey, the power's going out a lot because of the storm, nothing like that. No, no, no paying attention to those details. Just, constantly putting you in a corner. And I got to this point where I was like I'm I'm afraid to say what happened to us out loud. I'm afraid to claim it. I'm afraid to even say that I was abused. It feels like it's it's unfair to say. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And this man bullied this child on the first Friday of this month. So much that he just disassociated and then broke down crying when he did come back. And I, I sit there going, this shared app is the only vehicle I got. What do I do? If I say anything, I'm being antagonistic. You know, if I don't say anything, then I don't stand up for that child. So I keep getting put in this corner by my ex, who's obviously baiting me for a fight nonstop. And then finally, I said something. I said, you know, on the first Friday of this month, you did this and you said this and you said this. If education and, and you know, not being aggressive is actually your goal, well, then you're not doing it. I documented it as I'm documenting all of these things. I tried to be as blunt as transparent as humanly possible for the people who will be reading this, who are in the court system, because it's all I got, you know. And he came back with a lot, and I didn't respond to it, said so i've I've said all that needs to be said. I won't speak about it further because I can't no matter what happens, I have to be able to say to that child, if I get the opportunity, if he's not taken away, I have to be able to say to him that I fought for him. That's important. And me not acknowledging it when it happens is for fear for our safety. Good reason, but it can't continue like that. Nothing I do is going to minimize any of it. You know? So the books. um, I can't fucking find them. I can't fucking find them. Uh, The last time we read them, I think, was at my mother's house, but I can't find them. And my mother gave them away. I'm pretty sure she gave them away. (sighs) And I can't get an Amazon account to buy things because my ex has hacked into my phone and my email. Now, if you talk to Apple about that, they're like, that don't happen. You talk to Verizon employees and detectives, they're like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. He can, my ex, control the Zoom on my phone if I'm on an app. It's very important. People should know if you have TikTok or any kind of apps. If somebody wants to track you, they can track you through those apps quick. And um, there are little tricks you can do to get out of that Zoom. But anyway, so I talked to my best friend and asked her if she would order those books and we would get them back. But this could be used against me in court saying, see, she sabotages, yada, yada, yada. And all day, I was just terrified. You know, it's the same exact feeling as when I was in that household of like, he's going to blow up. He's going to blow up. You know, it was hard because it was my day off with my son and we needed a day off. God damn it. And I was like, we're not going to let this win. We're not going to let it win, baby. (laughs) We got through the day and we had a good time. We went to the aquarium. But underneath it, I was just, you know, just tremors inside. Trying to tell myself, you're one person. You do not do things maliciously, no matter what is seen. But there's so much pressure on everything I say or do. And the focus isn't where it needs to be. And I know that in court, anything can change in a second.
0: So right here I am going to be giving a big trigger warning for uh, child sexual abuse and violence and adult sexual abuse and assault. This is graphic in nature. It's for the next four minutes and 30 seconds, and that might be longer than it actually is, but it's just so everyone is safe. And that is the trigger warning that you are going to get right here. So maybe fast forward four minutes and 30 seconds, if that is the safest thing for you to do.
1: And there's a lot of things that have come to light this year that I didn't, I didn't know was abuse until now. Uh. I was accosted as a child by my neighbor and I was held at knife point and forced to take my clothes off. I was three. When I came forward about it when I was eight, nothing happened. So that is prime material for, a, for an abuser to come in and use that to do whatever they really want to you and my ex-husband is very good at covert abuse and so there's a lot of sexual abuse I didn't know was sexual abuse until I got out until this year and I've I've been out almost four years um, this is going to be painful to talk about but I'm talking about it because If I had shared this with anyone, and in fact, I did at some point, if I'd shared any of these things with anyone, they would have seen it as subtle or something else. They wouldn't have seen it as abuse. They wouldn't have seen it as a violation. So it's important to talk about it because that's exactly what the hell it was under the guise of marriage. Um, When I first got married to my ex-husband, he would do this thing in the morning where he would wake me up. To stare me in the face and masturbate. And no matter how many times I asked him to stop or scream, stop, he would not stop. He did it for a very long time every day. And there were other things too. I, that one I actually told a friend about. And if you tell someone about it, you know, um, I think my husband's a chronic masturbator. That doesn't sound like abuse. The more the marriage progressed, there were other things that happened. And when my son was born, my ex would do this thing. He would sit on his armchair. When our son would be watching TV and turn his head, he would pull out his genitalia and he would wave them at me, no matter how uncomfortable it made me. And I I would laughingly say, stop, put it away, stop, put it away. But he would never do that. He would continue to keep doing that or he would continue to keep doing that and then get up and walk behind me and and lay his genitalia on my shoulder. And the only way he would put himself away is when he would come to face me, and put his genitalia in front of my face. And I would need to put him in my mouth so he would stop doing it. Now if you told anybody about that, it would sound like sexual foreplay in a marriage it wouldn't sound like an invasion it's very important because i'll be honest i laughed it off because i didn't know what else to do i didn't have the wherewithal about my own feelings from everything i've experienced since i was a child to speak up for myself so there's that and then there were other body bodily reactions that happened during sex that my ex used just for his own self gratification. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with my body. It was like a human trick that made him feel good about himself. So it made me feel freakish. Now, all of those to another party would not sound like abuse or violation. And there were more. Those are just some that I'm willing to talk about, but they are violations they absolutely are it is not your partner caring about you is not your partner caring about your needs or your wants if i initiated anything sexual he immediately was turned off he was disgusted by me i internalized it as something being wrong with me it's a really good trick to use to keep you subservient in a marriage <sighs> hard i've never talked about this out loud ever I, I, I i'm like here start blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> like I'm <glad> you're here. <laughs> it's a lot how you doing i hate it so much ah, i'm afraid to say my name on this podcast but i want to so bad because i don't want i don't want to Deny what happened to us. But it could be used against me in court to make me look unstable or anything negative. Just out of the truth. This is hard. I think you might have to ask me questions now. I
0: was I gonna ask you questions? We were oh, we, we 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 were gonna wing this, <laughs> you know.
1: I'm real good at monologuing. We got this.
0: <laughs> well, you were gonna talk about um, your son, and I've seen your son before. I've occasionally here or there had a a brief hello through Zoom with him, and he's a rambun- rambunctious, very intelligent. Uh, little guy, and um, you do a lot of travel time to get the best help you can for your child. And as a single parent, you're doing everything for your for your child, and you are getting up at who knows what hour in the morning. You are going to bed at who knows what hour at night. This recording is taking place very late at <laughs> night. And one of the later recordings that I've ever done, the only recordings I've done this late are with people who are, have been in Australia. Ooh. And, but you're not Australian, but you are in, and we're going to name the state, you are in North Carolina. And, and one thing for you is that, you're not able to get proper help for yourself. So we're looking for someone who's right now able to help you a little as well, if you're listening, before we continue on with, you know, a bit of what else has been going on. But if someone out there is a therapist in in North Carolina and wants to give uh, UMA therapy for free, please do get a hold of me because you've been having a very difficult uh, time finding any sort of affordable sliding scale uh, mental health care. And it's just not being... Uh, easy and your life is not easy specifically in this or you know you're doing everything for your child and your own mental health is taking a hit and you're exhausted and you're tired and you need people to talk to and I know there's a lot of single moms out there who need this type of help so if anyone in North Carolina wants to you know take on Uma here as their client, she's, uh, I got her and I'm endorsing her as a really good, per, <laughs> as a really good person. Um, who,
1: Taste who, who,
0: who laughs in the face of tragedy because it's much <laughs> easier to do than crying. But, um, so, you know, as far as your struggle goes, you, before we get back into other things, you know, I guess try to kind of, explain to people, you know, what your day-to-day is really, like how you're functioning and, um, what you do for your child when you don't, you know, you, you don't really have any time for you.
1: Being with him just like renews my soul. And, um, it's hard to, to not, dwell in the thoughts of is this the last month I am gonna get with them is this all of that baggage I don't know when and I don't know where but I I turn it off as as constantly as I can and practice has helped so when I'm with him and I and that thought creeps up I'm like nah, fuck you go and it does thankfully and I do try everything I can to be present with him and because I remember what it was like to be unheard. I know what it's like for no one to seem glad to see me. I know what it's like to be ignored and emotionally neglected. And I know how heavy that is. And while I'm with him, by God, I can't do much else, but that's what I'm going to do. For me, it is, it is remarkably devastating to see how I neglect myself. In such a dangerous way, how that is what I'm accustomed to, accustomed to, how that is actually my comfort zone, and that's how I've lived my whole life. And now I see it all, and that's very unsettling. So practice small things. We're gonna brush our teeth every morning and every night. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna brush our teeth every morning, every. Night. And when I do hit this point of overwhelm and you know intrusive thoughts happen I say out loud the only real mantra I've ever really adopted show me how much better it gets show me how much better it gets and I will say it over and over and over and over again till those feelings go away and I can stand up um my day-to-day I have a job that is not my identity which is awesome do that um <laughs> it's helped greatly um, I wake up. I go to this deli at, at at the beach. I tell people we don't have enough fried chicken. Get out, and it feels good. And uh, I do what I do. And then on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, my son has conversations with his father. And right now, they're happening at my mother's place. So I will drive like an hour back, uh, do dishes if I can real quick, or grab some things from home, and then go over there for the phone call, and then we'll eat there if my father brought pizza and then we come home during the school the school time it's really important that we go here for the phone calls, so that the minute we're done we can go into studying for my son and homework um but Tuesday I'm at the store for a really long time so close get home at seven you know I'm just as focused with him as I can be and that's that's all I have and it's a lot better than it's been but I'm not sleeping very well. And now there are two things that are happening that scare me. Um, Sleep eating. Did you know that's a fucking thing? It's a fucking thing. Did you know?
0: I did not know.
1: Thing. It's not just the thing when you take Ambien. It's thing. Like over prolonged periods of stress, you will sleep eat. So if there's any chips in the house, I'll eat the whole bag and not remember it at all. Like every night. Every day, night, and the chosen food for my son because he has sensory issues is fucking chips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am one salty lady. <laughs> uh, so that thing, and then scratching myself uh, like instead of actively choosing to physically harm myself, I unconsciously scratch myself till I leave scars, not small. Big gigantic scars all over. Don't know I'm doing it. Don't know what's happening. Happens in my sleep. Wake up, scarred for life. Those are happening. Uh the brain fog is not nearly what it has ever been. Um, but yeah, it's just threats and harassment all the time. And then this pretending to be kind to this individual who almost us. It's very hard. And it is getting to me a great deal. It's so hard now not to just say, okay, bye. Fuck you. Get off the phone. You know, like, it's really hard to not just, just. Because I can't take that middle much longer.
0: So where do you want to go from here?
1: How about we go to Aruba?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama, Bahama, come come on pretty mama, mama. Key Largo, Montego, baby why don't we go down to Kokomo, we'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow, that's where we want to go, way down to Kokomo.
1: That
0: was, that was delightful <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that so when it comes to you know custody and everything that's about to be uh, coming up um, as far as things that have worked so far in like the background or the things that you struggled with on your way to getting there uh, what's been i guess the biggest difficulty uh, for you uh, what are the things that you've learned so far and as far as like the legal abuse kind of goes or the the post separation abuse that we haven't heard yet what are some of the other things that i guess are are going on and within this system Uh, does your child have a guardian uh, ad litem and uh, where where do you think the system i guess is is failing you uh going into court here in in this process because i assume that he has a very high-powered uh lawyer and you are just trying to still figure whatever you can out and uh, is he trying to get full custody and if so uh, what are the reasonings that he's kind of giving that he wants full custody uh, from you? And in, is your state a state that would do something like that? And I don't know if that's too many things for you to remember. And I already forgot what I said. So um, go for <laughs> Hold it. <on>. Let's we'll see.
1: <laughs> okay. So it's being tried for custody in PA. We were denied the right to um, have custody fought in the state of North Carolina, which Gets rid of a lot of testimony. However, COVID has opened up a lot of options when it comes to video chat and video testimony. There's that. If they call witnesses to, did the child witness any violence? um, It would be possible that a friend of mine could testify and prove that this was happening. Uh, Detectives in PA could testify on my behalf and say, no, she was in danger. She did do the right thing. Things like that. I don't know what they're gonna ask in court. Um, we don't have a guardian that item. That was what was suggested by the second psychological assessment that we get one and that it would happen here. And then it was thrown out of court. And so it's dead. Um, so I have no idea what court's going to do. I know that my ex is filing for full. He doubled down. He was willing to let his child go once he got married, because he got a new source. Once that source was like all sewed into it, because my son is a very attractive child anyone would be drawn to claiming him as their own if that image appeals to them. So the new source has doubled down wanting this to happen as well. And now they are building a a case against me. So by me not having these books, it makes me look just like they want me to look. There's a lot of things that could prove that wrong. Grades, so on and so forth, things like that. However, I have no idea what's next. I can't tell you. I got an email from my lawyer saying a mediation would happen. I said, what the fuck? I never agreed to that last I heard of it. Then they said, we're going to trial. I have no idea. There's no way I can predict it. There's no way I can plan for it, except by getting every single bit of journal entries that I made far and wide when things happened and putting them in one source. I really... I have no idea what's coming. None. Meanwhile, this person, my ex, is still harassing me. The court system as well. It's all a part of it. It's just another vehicle. But as long as that child is in my presence, that is all I, I think about. That is it. He's going to know he's loved. I say, I love you all the time. I don't expect him to say it back. He didn't say, I love you for a very long time after we fled. He didn't feel comfortable saying it. And one day, I don't remember where we were, what we were doing, but I said, I love you. And he looked scared. And I said, I say, I love you. Not expecting you to say it back. You don't have to say it back. I'm saying it because I love you and I want you to know your love. He knows the definition of conditional love and unconditional love. He knows the difference. And I have fucked up a lot with that kid. It has been a really stressful time. There have been gas crises and COVID and RSV and inflation and on and on and on. My family, for example, they themselves are very toxic I love them and they are toxic. And when you go through something like this, you have to have your tribe, even if they're toxic. All I can do is try to love them when they let me. And they have literally gotten in my way so many times. And yet we're alive because of them. And that is a giant head fuck. It's clear my mom is a narcissist. Now she has multiple sclerosis. So how much of that is brain damage? You know, that messes me up. But for example, at Christmas, it's a small example, but it's an example. I went to the restroom and I came back and my mom had a CD in the CD case and she was watching me very intently. And the CD in the CD case was a CD of my ex-husband performing with the group I used to perform with. Doesn't matter if it's good or bad. They just have to affect you, you know? That was a very hard moment. My son got sick a while back ago, and I took him over to my mom's house so I could go to work. And I said, he's got a fever. He can't go to school today. I'm going to go get his medicine. I'll be back. By the time I got back, they were packing him up in the car to take him to the bus station so he could go to school without my consent. See what I mean?
0: So I guess, well, I guess before we end off the show... Um, how are you uh, feeling about, you know, the future and also where do you gain your strength from? Obviously healing is, you know, not going to be really possible at the moment. No, No, like you're, you're still in a war, like every day is a war for you and you're just trying to, you know, you're playing, you're just trying to get away from bombs that are dropping and then you're hoping you can get some offense in there somewhere, but you're really just, you know, on the defense or just kind of still, you're, you know, you fled, but you're still fleeing. And
1: that's the hardest part, sweetheart that and that keeps croaching back
0: more and more and
1: more i give up anything to get out of there but i'm not out of there and neither is that kid that's the hardest part so much was already taken from us my child i remember when we were in the safe house that first month because we were advised to go there you know they were like look your ex knows where you are. He knows your family's address. You need to get out. You need to go to a safe house. So we were there for about a month. And during that time, it was recommended to me to potty train my son. No daycare would take him. till so he was potty trained. So the last person who was with that child when he tried the potty and then never went back to it was my ex. Um, and I never really knew what happened. So I I was like, okay. So when my son was half asleep, I picked him up and put him on the potty. And he clawed out of the room like a feral cat. Like an animal. And he did that for a year and a half. Something terrible happened to him. He ripped a metal shower bar out of a tiled wall when he felt cornered. And we still can't get free. If you're a woman and you say these things happened, it's considered hearsay. So I sometimes feel like everything that's happening now is. Doing one of two things prepping my son and myself for the grandest relationship of all time and the best future of all time. And I feel it and I see it and it's tangible. And I'm like, man, look at that. We got good comeuppance coming. And then the flip side feels like I'm being trained for something bigger, longer, more intensive. I don't know what's what. And I, I can't find any footing when it comes to that I just I don't know what to say to anybody going through this because this is why women don't leave this is why people don't leave abusive relationships this is exactly why this is awful but I have found peace in the love of that child that's the first love I've ever really felt that's been unconditional ever in my life and I I pray now more than I ever have I'm not talking about God. I'm not talking about goddess. I'm not talking about anything other than the light that's in us. I pray to that light that's in all of us. And when I ask for something, I do hear
0: something. So just to give a trigger warning, Right here, uh, for people that need to turn it off or just skip ahead, this is going to be about 22 seconds long for you to skip ahead. It is a trigger warning. It is graphic description of simulated violence by a child. So this might be upsetting for some of you to hear. So if that is you, please do skip ahead by 22 seconds.
1: There was a day where my son and I were playing it was right after he started seeing his father again I don't mean on the phone I mean in person and he has this cutlery set we play with sometimes and he picked up the knife and he put it at my throat and he didn't touch the skin but he drew it across my throat and I left the room and I went outside and I was like okay this is it this is the moment where I give up now this is it I got nothing (laughs) like tapped out, done. It's over. I was like, I'm about to run into this field and straight madness. I was like, what you got spirit? You, you better give me something. Give me one thing, one thing to do, one thing to do right now that doesn't deny that this happened, that allows me to move through these feelings and communicate it with my son in a positive way. What you got? Cause I got nothing. And, and I heard this voice say, go draw a picture with him okay so I went back in the house I was like buddy let's draw I got a lot of strong feelings right now let's draw and we did and while we drawed we talked about what had happened and I, I asked him I said so all the good and the bad feels kind of the same right now doesn't it I said, yeah When it comes to all this court stuff and I have no answer, I'll do the same thing. Like, I got nothing. I'm done. I'm tapped out. What you got? What you got, spirit? And and I hear this voice say, stick around. Just stick around. Just be here. No matter what happens. That's it. That's all I can do. And I believe in those things. Those things have kept me alive. And kept me here for that kid. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. I know when he's 13, his brain pathways are formed. That's what I know. So I got some time, even if they, it gets taken away. And if I am stable and out there, he will know I'm stable and out there. So that's, that's it.
0: And if you had, uh, words of wisdom or just anything you wanted to say to people who are listening, um, what is it? What do you have to say to them?
1: The light inside of you is worth saving. No matter what anybody else tells you, no matter how anybody else makes you feel, if it takes you your whole life to find that light in you, to trust it and believe in it, even for a couple of hours before somebody else destroys you, it is still worth it. It is still worth it. Don't deny yourself that right. Just because other people did that. And you're not the only one. You're not the only one that wants this all to be over so bad. You'll do anything, including unalive yourself, but don't. There is more on the other side. There really is. I'm not saying that, so I believe it. There is. Just ask to see how much better it gets. And it will. And I love you. I don't know you. But I love you. And you're worth love. That's it.
0: That was the best words of wisdom we've ever had. <laughs> Not that I'm playing favorites. (laughs) You're going to help a lot of people today for a Uh, second, for a second time. I know that's what you wanted to do. You're, you're worth it. You've been a good friend to me, to the show, to, uh, to autumn. If autumn is listening. I love you, Autumn. And I just really want to thank you for doing this because I know how difficult this is. Uh, specifically, this was a not easy stuff to talk about today. And I know you had the shakes a little. <laughs> and that we really didn't have that much of a plan of how we were going to do this. And I think... You know, again, you did like a really tremendous job and you're able to articulate yourself in a way that not a lot of people can. And to talk about your feelings and you talk about tough things and you do it in a very articulate and eloquent way. It's the light inside me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So I just really want to thank you uh, once again for being here cuz I, you know, it's not easy what you what you did again today.
1: Thanks for giving us a platform.
0: And do you have any sort of song you want to sing us out with?
1: Oh, lord. Jesus takes the wheels of my head, damn it.
0: <laughs> I don't know the words to that one so I can't sing it along with you.
1: So no bad. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel, take it from my hands, because <laughs> I can't do this on my own, I don't. so give me your money, please. That's not the rest of it, but I thought that would sound
0: good. All right. If we get sued for copyright twice in this episode, <laughs> I'll deal you with it. You don't
1: know me. That's what happened. You don't know <laughs> me. I do nothing.
0: So uh, for every everyone who's listening, who's a therapist out there, if you're in North Carolina uh, and, and you want to help out uh, Uma, please do get a hold of me if you want to give Uma some uh, free therapy that would help out Uma's life tremendously in every single way. You've heard everything that she's going through and dealing with. It's from all sides. And uh, I wouldn't I I can't thank you enough if you were to do that. I owe whoever's going to do this big time because I know it's going to happen. So (laughs) uh, thank you to whoever writes me. And thank you to Uma once again. All
1: my love, sweetheart. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you Uma for being our guest again today. You did a phenomenal job. It's, it's really not very easy what Uma did today. So a big thank you to Uma for being our guest. And if you want to be a guest like Uma was today, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button there that says guest form. And when you click on that button, it takes you to our guest form page. There you can read all of our instructions and please do read all of the instructions and then either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our guest form and press the submit button and please do send it in in the format that we ask for. A big thank you on that in advance as well. And Also at our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com, we have a support group button, and that takes you to our very own safe social network. And on our social network, we have a Zoom meeting that is on Wednesdays, we have a Zoom meeting that is on Thursdays, and a Zoom meeting that is on Saturdays. So we have three Zoom meetings in our support group, three times a week, that is, you know, That's a lot of times in one month. That is actually 12. We probably have about 14 meetings in a month out of the 30 days that are usually in a month. Also there, we have our forum board. So if you want to post on our forum boards to get validation, you can read other people's posts. You can validate other survivors as well. You can get advice on there. And just a really good knowledge base for people that are going through the exact same thing that you are. So please do join our support group also on there. We do have ad-free episodes. If you want to join our support group, you'll get ad-free episodes on there. And we have episodes that never made it to air as well. And we're going to be building it out a little bit more in the next couple of months. So please be patient with that. And something that we are doing that is an initiative of our uh, podcast is we're going to be creating a portal on our website. So if you have... Uh, what this portal is. I'll tell you right now, everyone. If you're a survivor and you have any service that you uh, have, if you're an online seller, whatever type of business that you have, we're, we want to try and help people to to really uh, be able to squirrel money away or just help out your families in, in whatever way that we can when you're recovering from abuse. So we're going to be creating a portal and then we're going to be doing a A little bit of a campaign to to get eyeballs on the portal so other people start using the portal so they can click on your store, click on your service, and they can kind of go through to whatever your websites are, your Etsy stores, your eBay stores, so we can help people start um, getting back on their feet, or just, just keeping a roof over their head and, and, and feeding their family. So please do send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at com if you want to be part of our portal once we start building it. It's not built yet. We're in the process of organizing and doing everything, so please do send in your stuff. And for those of you that need even more support than Uh, than we're offering if you need even more support. There is a place called DomesticShelters.org. They are a friend of our show. And at DomesticShelters.org, they have articles and resources to help you make sense of what you've been dealing with. They have every phone number, every website address, every email address for shelters and agencies around America, Canada, the United Kingdom, and on there, you can just find everything, no matter how big your town is, no matter, no matter how small your town is. It is on DomesticShelters.org. It is a wonderful organization. So please do go visit our friends at DomesticShelters.org. And this podcast will be coming out uh, in the new year. So again, Happy New Year to to everyone. And that is... Uh, it for our show today. So once again, I really want to thank Uma for for being a guest on our show. Uh, She just did a tremendous job. So for myself and Uma, we hope you have a good night.